Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past three days. I'm Nick Fonato, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? It's going all right, Nick. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, we should give a uh, shout out to our uh, Brazilian listeners. Oh, yeah. The Brazilian listeners who made us number four in Brazil. Hell yeah, Brazil. Woo woo. Whatever Portuguese for thanks is portuguese for thanks yeah we also were the 190th ranked podcast for film reviews in the united states Our so united i guess states you could you say can step it up a little bit i guess you could say we made it <laughs> matt i assume you've seen some movies I since the other day two movies this week oh all right i also saw two movies Okay, man, we're going to have a lot to cram in then. Well, I'm going to keep one of them super short. The movies I saw this week were Dr. Sleep, oh. uh, which I'm going to have a lot to say about, and it will include a preview corner, and yeah. Army of Darkness, which I'm not going to have a lot to say about. <laughs> okay, you went right to Army of Darkness? You sure did. Evil Dead too. Yeah. Okay. I saw two movies. I watched John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, and... Hellboy from 2019. Oh, and uh, wow. Yeah. Would you like to go first? Sure. Why don't I do Army of Darkness? Okay. Um, yeah, so Army of Darkness is a movie that is the, the third in a trilogy from Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. And uh, the main character, Ash, this goofy dude <laughs> who's been attacked by possessed people and demons... Gets transported to the Middle Ages where he fights a bunch of skeletons and then he gets sent back to the present. Uh, spoiler alert on that one. And it sucked and I hated it. And <laughs> the there wasn't much funny stuff, although the movie seemed to think it was funny. And the cameraman or director of photography, cinematography or whatever had like one trick up their sleeve, which is to zoom in real fast repeatedly and just like try to give the audience a headache or convince them that it's funny. It felt like watching a movie that was Dane Cook, where like just because it's louder, you're supposed to start laughing at it. And I hated it, and I never want to see it again. And and Nick sort of didn't recommend it, so uh, thanks, Nick. You actually, <laughs> I I gotta give you credit. You were right to tell me not to watch it. <laughs> the one time uh, you don't tell me to check it out, <laughs> I, yeah, I do. You do. You go right out and watch it. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that's. That sucks, because I love Army of Darkness, but it's... I, I honestly, a bunch of times, just sat there and went, I, there's some sort of charm in there somewhere that mm -hmm. I'm like, that must be the thing that Nick's, Nick likes, because I'm looking for the jokes or the anything else, and I'm like, I just can't put my finger on it. I believe you mm -hmm. like it, but I was just, <laughs> I was struggling. I was really struggling. Yeah. I, I knew you wouldn't like it. <laughs> which is why which is why i wanted you to watch evil dead 2 first one so that i could hear about it because i've never seen it and then two like if you didn't like that i knew you wouldn't like army of darkness <laughs> but now you have to watch evil dead 2 i don't know about that uh. i'll tell you what though i watched army of darkness with karina and i can guarantee you this if i do watch evil dead 2 it's gonna be alone <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's not gonna be willing to watch that with me yeah so. uh well i mean the movie i think is from 1993 so it's 92 it's like it's 92 it's trapped in its own time period yeah with like terminator so. 2 and jurassic park those right. house movies 
but it's you know it's supposed to be like a throwback to those Harryhausen movies from like the yeah. 50s and 60s and it's supposed to be tongue in cheek and it's one of those things where like if you if you don't like it you don't like it and if you do you 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 really do well and to be to be fair it is clear that it's supposed to be tongue in cheek it just doesn't work for me i i sure. will say and Karine said this at some point i i totally agree she's like the skeletons are the best part of this movie. And I was like, that is a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. I got, I got no complaints on the skeletons. Well, that's cool. It is also an hour and 20 minutes. Thank God. So that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty quick at 45 minutes when I thought there was only 10 minutes left. <laughs> and then I paused it and saw there was only 45 minutes in. I was like, we can turn this off. <laughs> She's uh-huh. like, uh, I feel like we're kind of committed. So anyway, that's Army of Darkness. We got a lot to get through, so I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Well, then, since you talked about King Arthur, I, too, will talk about a movie with King Arthur in it. Please. Hellboy from 2019. This movie was directed by Neil Marshall. What else did he direct? I feel like I know his name. Oh, he directed The Descent. That's funny. Yeah. And Doomsday, which I never saw. It stars David Harbour from from Stranger Things. And this movie is a reboot of the Guillermo del Toro Hellboys. And apparently it has nothing to do with either of those movies. And that's fine because I feel like I fell asleep during the first one and never bothered with the second one. Mm, and yeah. and I got to say that this movie wasn't wasn't terrible. I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't, to hear I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, let me let me backtrack. It wasn't the <laughs> it wasn't the worst thing, but it was pretty entertaining. <laughs> okay. I I enjoyed the experience that was this movie while at the same time going, why does this movie exist? <laughs> David Harbour is quite good as the Hellboy character, although I don't know why they didn't just go get The Undertaker from WWE <laughs> and cast him in this role because one, that would be amazing. And two, Hellboy just looks like the Undertaker with horns coming out of his head and a great big hand. Uh-huh. Speaking of the special effects, because he's got this one giant hand that's like made out of rock or something. Yeah. The, it looked so heavy that like David Harbour was like lugging it around all the time. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't, I never read Hellboy. And, and like I said, I don't remember the other two movies. And I don't know if that's that's part of it like it's just this heavy thing he's got to lug around but it just seems so unnatural that he's swinging it around all the time yeah also the special effects in this movie were either hit or miss and when they missed they were so far off it Mm. was hysterical yeah i've seen some clips and that sounded pretty true like uh, or that looked pretty what you're saying looked pretty on point because there were some things where i'm like well that looks pretty nice all right, yeah. they dressed it up a bit, and then there'd be another scene where I'm like, wow, that looks like just gummy. Yeah, yeah, there's this one sequence where he has to fight these giants, mm-hmm. and they're huge, and two of them look like straight garbage. But then there's this third one that we're real close to, and you're like, wow, this thing looks fantastic. What's wrong with the other two? Like, why didn't they, why didn't they put the same amount of effort into the other two giants? And it really takes you out of it while you're watching it, because it's kind of an entertaining scene. But then there's, there's moments where, like, Hellboy, he gets hit with, like, a giant sledgehammer and knocked across this field. And there's just a voiceover of, of him going, oh, and then it just cuts to him laying down. Like, mm-hmm. 
no sequence of him tumbling to a stop or anything. And he just goes, I'm going to feel that in the morning. And then he stands up and gets ready to fight more giants. So like, you can just, you can just see the, the cuts from CGI to real life, CGI to real life. And Mia Jovovich is in this movie. She plays the, the villain and she is the blood queen. I don't know. She has some like Latin ish kind of name, but I don't care. And King Arthur in the thousand years ago killed her but she she can't die so like he he used excalibur which is like a super super sword and cut her into pieces she's still alive so he's like i don't know put her in a box and bury her all over the country and apparently they buried her in places that were easy to find of course because the plot of the movie is that mia jovovich gets put back together to fight hellboy bury her by all of the most obvious landmarks (laughs) Yeah, like let's like instead of just digging a hole somewhere in a field and putting it in there, they put it inside all these churches, which is just lazy writing. I think what would be more interesting is if they're like digging a foundation for a house and they come across this box and then they open it and that's how it, it starts. But instead, there's um this man bear pig monster. You don't get that because you know you don't watch South Park, but. All of our listeners who watch South Park are are laughing hysterically right now. Is South Park popular in Brazil? Oh, yeah. Cool. Also also America. So Man Bear Pig is this giant man pig bear thing. Oh, somehow I figured that out even without having watched those shows. Thanks for insulting my intelligence, (laughs) Nick. (laughs) He hates Hellboy. And wants revenge on him because when he was small or something, I don't know. There's some when he they was introduced just a, some a piglet cub. Basically, he he's like a fairy or something. And Hellboy put iron on him, which burned him and disfigured him into this man bear pig monster. And he hates Hellboy for that. Now he's all grown up. He finds all the pieces of the Blood Queen in order to get revenge on hellboy it doesn't make any sense and ian mcshane is in this which was very funny because i had just finished watching john wick 3 and Mm. ian mcshane is winston in john wick 3 and he plays hellboy's dad in this movie Mm. i guess his human his human dad yeah the thing that i think i really enjoyed about this movie is it looked and felt like a a movie adaptation of a comic book where what i wish is that at the beginning of each issue because it seems like this movie is like a 10 issue arc of a, of a story uh-huh. is that they just showed the cover of that comic book and they're like issue four hellboy goes dark or something like that whatever their title they would call it because that's what it felt like there are moments where the bad guys are are sitting around a table and they're all just talking to each other in a way that characters talk in a comic book where they they're just complaining about the superhero that's going to be fighting them mm-hmm. and i enjoyed that aspect of it it really felt like it really felt like a comic book, not not a movie that based on a comic book, but like a comic book turned into a movie. And I, I appreciated that. I thought that that was pretty well done. And the, the dialogue follows that same thing where in a Spider-Man comic, Spider-Man is talking all the time. And that just doesn't work in real life, where when Spider-Man's fighting somebody, he has to, you know, stop to talk. Right. And and in this movie, Hellboy is just talking all the time, like while he's shooting stuff. Also, at one point, he gets this giant gun. He gets like an upgrade for this gun he has. Uh And when he fires it the first time, it just goes... (laughs) You think it's going to be this really loud explosion, but he just goes... "Ah, 
And then later he shoots it and then they remembered to put the sound effect in for it where it's like this big explosion. Yeah. Another thing I liked about this movie is that it was it was rated R. You know, there's a lot of language in the movie, which some of it feels pretty forced, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is kind of lame. But the violence in it is pretty over the top and, and it's pretty, pretty cool. Some of it looks really bad, like a lot of digital blood splatters and people getting cut in half and it looks terrible. But some of it looks pretty good and you're like, oh, that's cool. That giant ripped someone in half by pulling their legs apart and their innards spill out all over the place. And you're like, oh, you're not going to get that in a PG-13 movie. I liked I like that. That was fun. Yeah, um, you won't. That's true. <laughs> you know, it's like fun, over-the-top, cartoonish yeah. violence. And that's basically what this movie is. It's just over-the-top, kind of fun, not very good, but pretty entertaining. Yeah, you like, know, you, you'd said that thing about his arm. And I, and I want to, like, it, not even having seen the movie, I, I want to agree. Because even with the other one, I, I kind of felt like his arm, and I think it is the way it's drawn, but it, his arm's, like, extra long, too. So it just it looks like he's carrying around, like, a red log. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about it that makes it pretty awkward. Yeah, just not not natural. And maybe that's the point. Maybe Maybe he hates it, too. But it's just how he's built. There's this one sequence where we have a flashback to Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. And and this is another moment where it feels like a, a comic book where it's like the origin of Hellboy, which apparently is right at the end of Nazi Germany, which brings up questions of, of what time period is this movie supposed to be? Because Nazi Germany is we're going on 70 years ago. And most of the people that were there... They make a reference that the people involved in this monster squad are immortal for the most part. They don't age, but it's like 70 years ago. We, we as a society need to come up with new villains besides the Nazis for our, uh, occult I, th- I think our current government things. is working on it. <laughs> But there's this crazy sequence where a superhero from World War II area called the Lobster Claw or something shows up. Uh, and it's it's like there's a comic book that I'm reading right now from the 70s called The Invaders, which is basically just Captain America and the original Human Torch, Namor, and then like their kid sidekicks fighting Nazis in Europe during World War II. And it's pretty entertaining, but it's pretty stupid. Like like all these World War One superheroes superheroes keep showing up but they're all old and whatever but uh the lobster claw shows up and he's like i'm the lobster claw and then he shoots like a bunch of nazis and stuff and it's pretty terrible it's really hokey but you're like i like this i'm enjoying this i know i shouldn't be but i am <laughs> i'm gonna have a real tough time placing this movie i'm on my, curious yeah on my ranking thing because i don't think i want to see it again but if it's on i'll definitely watch it whereas with the other hellboy movies i'm gonna be like mm. They're just bore. The first one was so boring. I, I mean, I, I don't remember any of it, and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. But I know yeah. people really like it, and they say the second one is supposed to be better. So I it's, don't know. It's not. <laughs> it's, okay. I got the same sort of pressure to watch the first one, and then the same suggestions going for the second one because I was like, yeah, I didn't really get into the first one. Felt like it kind of just came and went without anything actually landing, not being really interesting. And then like, well, the second one's better. You know, you'll you'll like that one. You should really check it out. Give it a second chance. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. fine. I'm like, wow, this is very much the same. I'm a little disappointed that this movie didn't do better because they're they're not going to make another one. 
and I kind of want another one. <laughs> I was like, yeah. like another R-rated movie like this where there's people getting their <laughs> brains cut out of their heads. I'm like, I, I, this is this was fun. I wish I had seen it in the theaters if I had nothing to do. Matt V, one of our old hosts of the show, yeah. when this movie was in theaters, he said he went and saw it, and and he said basically this m- much of the same I did. He's like, I, I enjoyed it. He's like, it, it's not good, but but it passed the time. I, I enjoyed it, and I, and I gotta agree, hundred percent. It's not good. It's got no reason to exist, but I'm kind of glad it does. All right. Fair yeah. enough. So this time to the movies, I'm going to have a little bit more on commercials than usual because Jesus. they have Jesus just, was there? Yeah. And he wow. was like, hey, everybody, thou shalt watch commercials because goddamn, there were so many commercials. But anyway, here are a few of them. <laughs> Uh-huh. So there was a commercial for M&M's, which I've seen a few times now, and I don't understand the selling point of this because what they're introducing is that M&M's now have caramel M&M's, uh-huh. but the new caramel, like as a character, they're like, oh God, this thing, why would we, <laughs> why would we want this? It's so boring. And I'm like, you're trying to sell me on food that you're telling me tastes boring? <laughs> like what's like now with crap like we, <laughs> you can get m&ms now filled with ovaltine you know like whatever now here was something i thought was kind of mind-blowing did you know nick that you can order products to be delivered to your house through a, a website called let me make sure i'm getting this straight here mm-hmm. a- amazon Amazon. Um, Are you talking about the rainforest? Amazon. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, thank God there's a commercial to let me know this exists because I've never heard of it before anyway. Mm -hmm. So that was dumb. And then I saw a commercial twice. They showed two of the same commercial. I don't know what was going on there. For back, uh, back? No, no. It was like bookending the commercials. And there was a preview in the middle of the commercials. It was the weirdest experience ever. Because literally there was a preview before, like during the commercials. And it wasn't one of those things with like Melissa Munez or whoever who says, here, let me tell you about this movie. And then they show some clips. of it. It, it even had the green screen and everything. So it was just an odd experience. But within this, there were two commercials, uh, the same one, for winter. Interspiced Cranberry Sprite. Oh. And it was a claymation commercial that I believe one of the characters was LeBron James. And I say that because I literally have no idea what LeBron James looks like. But (laughs) he had sewn into his his sweater like LBJ, which I thought LeBron was one name. So I don't know why he's got different initials, but I'm still pretty convinced that that's who it was. Those are his initials. Winter Sprite Cranberry Sprite. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to want it, but I kind of want to try it. So, I mean, they really like this commercial was there was claymation. So it freaked me out anyway. Just really some guy I don't know and claymation crap. Not really my it, thing, but I walked out. Is it real going, claymation? I want to drink it. Is it uh, real claymation or CGI to look like claymation? Probably CGI to look like claymation, but it's still gross. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> There were other commercials, too, but I won't tell you about all them. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure you can get insurance from Progressive or something. Anyway, preview <laughs> corner. So this preview that I saw in the midst of the commercials was a movie in which Adam Sandler is a gangster. Oh, I want to see this. Oh, uh, you know, and this is even more disturbing to me than the Sprite thing is I kind of do, too. <laughs> and uh-huh. I, I don't like mob movies. I don't like Adam Sandler. And I don't know why I want to see it. <laughs> 
sense. Yeah. But I, will I, say this. I don't either. I have actually enjoyed about it. Yeah. And, and I have actually enjoyed Adam Sandler's non-comedy movies. So maybe it's that thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the part of him that's actually good. But it, it looks like a smarmy movie and it looks like he's a smarmy dude. And I don't know why I want to see it. But anyway, it's called Uncut Gems. Right. Um, so he's I guess he gets into the jewelry business and then threw that into sort of a mob kind of position. He like rips off the wrong people or something and then it looks like he's getting his butt kicked in one scene but then it also looks like he's at the top of his game in another scene like he's people are scared of him and i'm like is this about him getting on top or is this about him to his downfall and of course if it's a mob movie it's probably both you know first he rises he's down at the bottom to begin with he rises up to the top and then at the end he dies and this is why i don't like mob movies but i I still want to watch it i I don't get it Um, i I thought that that was a really effective trailer for a movie because i don't really know very much what it's about but it it told me enough that i was interested in seeing it i was like oh cool this looks kind of cool it got your butt in the seat metaphorically or at least in advance without spoiling the whole movie for you Mm -hmm. agreed then i saw a movie that does not want my butt in the seat or doesn't have me (laughs) wanting my butt in the seat but definitely doesn't have me knowing what the movie's about really either it's called the crown and it might even be a television show i don't know it didn't make sense (laughs) it's just like okay so there's something about the queen called the crown and i'm not interested at all i think there is a show called the crown but i don't and i can't can't remember if it had the green screen or not so maybe it was a commercial for the show then i saw a preview for a movie called dark waters not dark water that (laughs) jennifer connelly movie that i saw we saw that we saw that didn't we yeah yeah that was terrible oh it was it was and it's based on a creepy true story this what was one, the premise of that there's a dead kid in the water tower or something exactly yeah okay good spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> but in this movie mark ruffalo defends chemical companies or does he well he starts oh. out by defending chemical companies until he realizes that dupont is poisoning people and this movie is all about him trying to take on DuPont. And boy, do they say DuPont a lot in the preview. Is this like, a Delaware-based movie? I don't think so. But it's it's still DuPont. It might be bigger than Delaware. And I think the place that the people are getting poisoned by the water is actually in another state. Okay. But yeah. And it's from the producers or from the something of like Spotlight and some other movie that's, you know, about bringing stuff to the public eye so it, it looks pretty similar in a way but I'll, I'll, i i liked spotlight and i would be interested in seeing this uh, and there's something about mark ruffalo i think i used to not like mark ruffalo but he's really grown on me all right and then i saw a preview for a guy Ritchie movie oh there's a new yeah. guy Ritchie movie yeah I, I don't know why you sound excited about that i mean because, like, every third of his movies is good. Oh, so is it time for a good one? Okay. I don't know. Well, he had that King Arthur movie that I don't think anyone saw. And then I forget what the one before that was. But I think the one before that was that second Sherlock Holmes movie. And I quite enjoyed that. Well, uh, he just did uh, Aladdin. Oh, right. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. No. Nope. Maybe that one's great. Yeah. Maybe. Um, (laughs) So in this movie, I don't know, he gets some people in Matthew McConaughey to be like pot gangsters. At some point, I found out that one of the people that I had said was a people turned out to be Hugh Grant. 
and I did not okay. recognize him at all. Yeah, uh, he got old. You should check out this preview and then realize at some point that you're looking at Hugh Grant. It's a weird experience. Okay. Uh, it's called The Gentleman, and I don't care to see it. Nothing. No. It didn't look It didn't look oh, good. Guy, a Guy Ritchie crime movie? I'm usually right on board for. I am inclined to at least mostly agree like that that usually i would go oh that looks kind of good and then they'd be like bye guy richie and i'd be like oh yeah okay makes sense and this one i was like this just doesn't look very good Mm. all right so then there's a movie that i called ghost x like ghost ex-boyfriend ah but then i discovered after watching the whole preview at the i was like maybe i should have called this the invisible man instead and so i wrote that in parentheses and then it turned out it's called the invisible man So, is there a new Invisible Man movie? Yeah. So Elizabeth Moss plays a, a woman who has a terrible husband who's abusive to her, and then she divorces him, and he kills himself, uh, but then it turns out he didn't kill himself. He actually turned himself into an Invisible Man. And so while throughout this year you're supposed to be thinking she's being haunted, turns out it's just her husband being the Invisible Man. And, I get, you know, those could be interesting ideas, but I think you spoil it a bit when you go, hey, by the way, he's invisible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know the best way to approach this. Uh, I think I'd be interested in reading a book where someone's being haunted and then you realize they're invisible. I don't know how you advertise something like that in a movie without spoiling it all, because neither did they. So, Which would you prefer if you were going to be in that situation? Would you prefer the ghost or an invisible dude? Uh, the invisible person, because I, I could probably figure out some way to solve that. Mm, I think I'd rather go with the ghost, because at least it's not leaving like the invisible guy can just leave and tell everybody what's going on in your house where the, as the ghost is kind of locked there. <laughs> well, I don't know that I have as, as much concern about anyone taking what's <laughs> going on in my house into the public eye. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> also, I created the ghost from the bodies. In your house? Yeah. I see. I see. In this scenario, I'm also a mass murderer. <laughs> well, and you can always tell them, I already defeated you in life. That sounds like a fun movie. A serial killer haunted by ghosts? Does that already exist? Probably not. I don't know. Eh, probably. I don't know. Check it out. Just, you know what? Write it <laughs> you first. <know> what? <laughs> if it is done already, you could just say it's a reboot. So then there's a movie that I called Women Are Annoying. And I, I don't actually think women are annoying. But boy, did this preview make me want to. It's got Selma Hayek and... Some other actresses, um, I think T- Tiffany Haddish, is that her name? I think so. She did a voice in Lego Movie 2. I don't know how this is possible, but throughout the preview, I came to the conclusion that the women are all actually good actresses, but that I hate the characters and I hate the movie. And I'm just like, I, it's a it's a weird experience because I'm like, these all seem, and I know Salma Hayek's talented. She's a good actress. I don't know. But I just got drunk there for a second. She's a good actress. <laughs> But man, it just looks like the worst kind of comedy. Like old jokes. There's like some character who's just meant to be over the top, flamboyantly homosexual. And that's just from the commercial anyway. It looks like that's just supposed to be funny on its own. I think we're kind of past that. So I don't know. Look like shit. Mm. And if I didn't tell you what the name of it was, it's because I didn't even find out. (laughs) (laughs) Then I saw a preview for Star Wars and I uh, like the settings. And I am interested in seeing Ray and Kylo Ren 
you know, probably because there is so much Star Wars stuff going on, the whole impact of there being a final movie, if I haven't said this before, the only impact of the, there being a final movie just is not felt at all. It does it doesn't feel like the close of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so not that I really care. I mean, it's gonna go on forever anyway. All right, then I saw a preview for a movie that I called "Old People Got Game," and it's oh. Ian McKellen and. Oh, I didn't write down. Oh, Helen Mirren. Yeah, and Helen Mirren. This and movie looks awesome. It does look cool. Yeah, it looks tense. Uh, it's called The Good Liar. Ian McKellen hasn't aged a day. I mean, he's just looked 100 forever. Um, uh-huh. And they, I don't know, man, it looks like a, like one of those like double con job things. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing these two go up against each other. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with that. It looks like a fun heist con movie. Yeah, and I don't really know Helen Mirren that well, but I, the two of them look like they got pretty good chemistry together you know like screen chemistry so i look forward to seeing them act up against each other they feel like forces to be reckoned with yeah um then i saw a preview for the harley quinn birds of prey movie and i'm really like with all of the dc movies and i don't know if the fans or listeners or whatever know this but like i'm a dc guy nick's more of a marvel guy although you definitely appreciate dc too but all these DC movies have gotten me to the point where I'm just like, I'm starting to hate DC. Like, I don't want anything to do with them at this point. And that's bad, because I'm a huge Batman fan. And I'm like, I hear Batman at this point and go, ugh. So they better, this, <laughs> this movie, The Batman, I'm going to skip the Harley Quinn thing. I'm not going to bother with that. Like, just not torture myself anymore. And then I hope the movie, The Batman, turns out to be really good. Because I want to be able to love my favorite character. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Wow. So that was previews. The movie itself, <laughs> Dr. Sleep, right. is a movie based on a Stephen King book, which is the sequel to The Shining. And when I went into the theater, I was like, man, I probably should have watched The Shining again. It's only been like a decade and a half since I've seen it. But I'll tell you what, it didn't matter. I really didn't need to have seen it. I think I can manage to not spoil anything and still kind of walk through my experience chronologically. So at the beginning, so you're following Danny Torrance through this movie, who is the kid from The Shining. And it starts pretty much, you know, a few months or so after the events of The Shining. And so he's he's a kid and he's with his mom and the kid's pretty bad actor sorry kid um (laughs) you you got time you can hone your craft and then the the mom i was like wow this woman's a bad actress and then i was like wait a minute maybe she's not a bad actress something about this seems odd i feel like she's good at being bad this doesn't make sense and then i realized that this woman was doing an incredible incredible performance as shelly duvall she oh. had her mannerisms and stuff down and and shelly duvall i mean uh, sorry shelly duvall but she, like she was not good in the shining and i mean she was being destroyed by stanley kubrick that whole time so it's probably not yeah. even her fault at all i like her in the shining Oh, man, I really didn't. I, I felt like she was, I don't know, wooden, forced, something. But this this actress in this movie does a really good job of going like, okay, no, this is what the, this is how the character is. So that's how I'm going to be, too. <laughs> this it did raise a question for me because at some point they watch cartoons. And I just thought, why do people always laugh? when they, In movies, they're always laughing at cartoons. 
And I'm like, these cartoons, first of all, they never find a part that's funny for the people to be laughing at. And they always are laughing out loud. And I'm like, I don't think people do that. I think maybe I can picture Nick right now watching something and going, huh. you know, just like a huh, one laugh. But they, in, in shows, they're in movies, they're just like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, man, Tom and Jerry getting hit by a frying pan is not that funny. Anyway. <laughs> That's just a gripe I have in general. A frying pan. <laughs> I stand corrected. Um, like for the kitchen? Yeah. Oh, but as a weapon. Oh my God. Well, there's, a, there's an audience for everything, I guess. <laughs> hey, Brazil. <laughs> so now the character who, uh, the, the African-American guy that is kind of the representative of the shining, like kind of explains things and, and is Danny's friend in the first movie. He's still present in a way. And the actor who plays him is really, really good. Again, I think a lot of attention was paid to the first movie. And from what I hear the book, Dr. Sleep, like that this movie is pretty, it does a really good job of weaving the movie and the book world together. I don't, I never read the book, The Shining or Dr. Sleep. So I can't say that myself, but I've heard that. And it feels like, it, it feels like, it, even though it doesn't, it definitely feels like its own movie. It feels like it's got a lot of respect for The Shining. Anyway, so in this movie, you've got some folks who are, you've got some bad guys. And you're sort of figuring out what they are throughout the movie. And this is probably the part I've tried to give the most thought to in terms of how to talk about it without spoiling stuff. And so I'm going to just call them vampires and leave it at that. They're not, but it's close enough. And it, it, that's the least spoiler I can be. And so you're following them around. You're kind of going back and forth between them and Danny as a grown up, because between that beginning part, where he's a kid, you see that he learns how to do some shining sort of skills in a way. And then you skip ahead to like later in life and he he's dealing with alcohol problems and then trying to clean himself up and stuff. And so you go back and forth between that stuff happening and these other events where these vampire people are having an impact on the world. And the woman who plays the main bad guy, and I, th I think her name's Rebecca Ferguson. I've seen her in other things, but I don't know her. Like, I didn't know who she was. But while I was watching the movie, I was like, Nick's going to like this because she looks like a young Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> but with dark hair, especially when she has a hat on. She has this hat that she wears a lot. And when she has that on, her face looks very Michelle Pfeiffer-y. And, and I'm not going to lie. She's, she's very easy on the eyes. But when it comes to this character, she is so close to being over the top that throughout a lot of the movie, I was like, is this where it's going to lose it? But she does it really well. You've got this like Stephen King writing element where you've got this weird dialogue and stuff. And it's like, uh, I don't know about this. And then she just keeps pulling it off. And Ewan McGregor does a really good job. He plays Danny Torrance. There's a young woman in this group of vampire people who looks like a, a young blonde Helena Bonham Carter. And she does a good job. And she's sort of an entryway into this group of people. You can kind of find out what's going on through her. And as the movie progresses, you kind of, you know, these people are going to have to deal with each other in one way or another. But there's another character that shows up too, that is this young girl who has some shining abilities. And so she's kind of trying to figure out herself too. And 
she and Danny end up kind of in touch. And the, I'm probably the, about maybe an hour in right now. This movie really starts. The pacing in this movie, to me, is pretty perfect. It's a slow burn, and I'm actually... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just looked at my notes. <laughs> and instead of saying, Ewan McGregor is good, it says, Ween Madagigor <laughs> is good. Um, oh my gosh. So anyway. It's, it's the new Ween album. <laughs> So about an hour in, like things really pick up though. And when it does, there's definitely like a moment, kind of like in the Matrix when Neo is finally like, all right, fine, I'm going to fight. Or, or, you know, he's, he's maybe he's in the training and you go, wait a minute. Oh, this super kicks ass. There's a moment, something like that, where you're like, wow, this movie just got really neat. And up to that point, it's been good buildup. So I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm showing my cards a little bit, a little bit here as I'm talking about it, but I love this movie. I think this movie is excellent. Um, wow. okay. And it looks amazing too. Like, and, and I, I mean, I'm saying that as someone who's not really an expert in cinematography stuff, but I don't generally notice it that much either. But I was watching so many different shots in this movie, just going, wow, that is a, that's a really beautiful. That is a really neat way to shoot that. Mm -hmm. The colors are great. There's one scene where someone is kind of flying in a way and the angles that they use for the, with the camera and the way it looks is just one of the coolest things I've seen. In fact, I would say if you can see this in the theater, it might, it's probably worth seeing in the theater for some of the visuals. I actually realized this morning that I'm tempted to go see this again in the theater. Um, wow. And part of it's just that I, I just want to see it again. It's, would you watch The Shining before you go? I don't think I'd bother. Honestly, I don't, I don't think I'd bother. And I don't think you have to. I think if you hadn't seen The Shining, you could go see this and enjoy mm -hmm. it. Now, I do have to say this. like I don't want to oversell it because I went in with very mediocre expectations. And so I don't know if I had been expecting something amazing if I would have had quite the experience I had. So, uh, you know... Temper your, your expectations. Don't just expect your socks to get knocked off. What's but, up? but I think you can, I think you can still go in expecting a good movie. And it does a good job too of like explaining things with not over explaining things. You do actually learn a lot more about how the shining works without it seeming just like here, we're spelling out every little detail for you and just, just exposition dumps. And even though there are lines that are, pretty Stephen Kingy, like kind of dramatic. There's one line where someone says, I have to wake it up and it should seem stupid, but it doesn't. And that's how a lot of this movie is too, where it's like, it's just done so well that it it's way better than it has any right to be. Cause there's so many things that it could have done just as written and had it been really poor but they had the right director, the right cinematographer, the right actors. And I don't even like you and McGregor. And I, I thought he was great. And it just comes together perfectly. I'm thinking whoever wrote the script for this must be breathing a huge sigh of relief because they have to be either sitting there watching it going, oh my God, thank God they understood what I was going for. Or holy cow, they took my crap script and made it great. <laughs> I don't think it is a bad script, though. I think the story is actually really interesting, and it's fed to you at the right 
pace and in the right order. To me, and this is going to sound like a pretty strange comparison until you see the movie, but to me, this movie is exactly what the movie Glass should have been. Oh, really? Yeah. And and I think if you if you see it, you might go, oh, yeah, Glass sucked. <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's really a great example of a movie that shows you that you can do a lot of the things that intelligent horror movies want to do and that you can actually do them well. It's like the opposite of It Chapter 2, where they just go, hey, here are these tropes and things that we do and, you know, ideas that seem like they're clever and we just throw them in there and you'll be happy. And then you walk out and you're like, no, that's not good at all. And this is just all of that done perfectly. It's, it's so great. It's so well balanced. The world building without over explaining is awesome. And I probably could repeat a lot of things just because they're done well so many times throughout the movie. I think if you're concerned at all about it, especially uh, about The Shining, especially if you're a, a big Shining fan, you might be worried that they overuse stuff from The Shining. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of like references and things like that, there are some, and there are even a, a few scenes here or there where you're like, I, until this movie's over, I'm not going to know for sure whether this is cheap or not. And it's, it's not, I don't think I, I, I felt like everything that was in there from the shiny with the exception of one specific shot where they're like, don't forget that this happened there. And you're like, right. I, I wouldn't have. <laughs> like, <and> I, <laughs> I, I don't need you to actually show me that. Other than that, it's it's great. And I think, honestly, that one that one blemish, if I were given this a letter grade, would be the thing that makes it get like an A instead of an A+. But it's still great. So mm. I, I do have a, an issue with one, one other thing, kind of like the cartoon thing, is that like when people get sober, they shave. <laughs> I'm just like, why is that? Why is that so taken for granted? But if you if you have a beard, you're down on your luck and you're in bad shape. And then if you like straighten out your life, you have to get rid of your facial hair. What's up with that? Uh, you know, because you're you're looking for a change and an emotional change, like sobering up, not like a visual thing for yourself. Yeah, but how come and, you can't grow a beard? You know, like just like, oh well, oh yeah, I stopped drinking, so I grew a beard. If you were shaving every day while you were an alcoholic or a, a, an abusing alcoholic, you probably wouldn't think you have a problem because you look in the mirror every day and you're like, oh, I look pretty put together. <laughs> well, and I guess it, I guess it conveys that there's something you could be doing on a daily basis that you're not doing. So yeah. you're just, but it, but it, it just, I mean, the logic of it makes some sense as a visual, but. Just like he looked fine with a beard, he could trim it. You can, <laughs> you know, you could go from scraggly to like nice, clean beard. But anyway, it's an excellent movie. Everyone should see it. Okay, yeah, I honestly had really no intentions of seeing it, and now I'm interested. Yeah, I, I, so. I hope you do, and I hope you like it as much as I do. One thing that I'm curious about is, like, Stephen King did not like the Stanley Kubrick Shining right. movie, and this seems like it's a sequel to that from what you're saying seems like it's a sequel to that movie and not so much the book but i, I like like you i haven't read either of the source material or or no so right. that's one thing that i'm interested in learning about yeah i've been kind of wondering what his take on things is too i just haven't looked it up yet um, yeah 
And I guess for a movie, it, it's impossible to make a sequel to The Shining without making it based on that movie. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're trying to sell it to people, because people aren't going to read a book. <laughs> All right, so All right. that John brings Wick, us to three. the second movie I saw. That's correct. I saw John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, directed by Chad Stalensky. It stars Keanu Reeves. Ian McShay and Halle Berry is in this movie for some reason, and so is Lawrence Fishburne for some reason. Right. Before we get into spoilers, like if you wanted to jump ahead, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I had a lot of fun watching it. That's that's it. <laughs> so now we're going to get into spoilers. Why is Halle Berry in this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Her whole sequence was a waste of my time. The first 20 minutes of this movie. Uh, also, if you're looking for like general plot points for the movie, Matt kind of goes over it without getting into spoilers in the uh, in the episode where Matt saw it way back when, when it was first in theaters. But um, like the first 20 minutes of this movie where Keanu Reeves is just killing person after person, I was in heaven. Uh -huh. I was like, this is amazing. I was laughing so hard because of the, like the kills, like, cause they were great. And I was having a blast. And then all of a sudden the movie just hits the brakes uh -huh. hard. Yep. And we go visit Angelica Houston for like half an hour. And then we go to Africa or Mo Mo Morocco or something like that. And, uh, cause I guess Morocco is in Africa, Northern part of Africa, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then we go visit Halle Berry. It feels like another half an hour. And you're like, why isn't John Wick killing people? Why why aren't people trying to kill John Wick? And like every so often, someone tries to kill him and then John Wick kills him. You're like, oh, okay, that satisfies my thirst for a moment. But then we have this long kind of obnoxious sequence where we meet up with Bronn from Game of Thrones. And uh -huh. Bronn is like one of the the head people for the underworld that everyone in the world belongs to <laughs> the the kind of confusion in your voice as you're saying this is like a hundred percent the same tone i watched it with like, yeah what why what it builds upon the world building from the first two movies mm -hmm. and everyone's a hitman everyone's an assassin and we all live in this world where this worldwide organization of crime <laughs> or, or or whatever rules everything and because of the ending of john wick chapter two where keanu reeves kills that guy at the continental hotel in new york he's a wanted man from the the high table which is what they call their syndicate or whatever and so keanu reeves goes to morocco to talk to Bron from game of thrones to beg for forgiveness where he's like just give me a chance and Bron's like, well, you got to talk to the guy in charge of everything. And if he wants to talk to you, he'll find you. And then Halle Berry brought Keanu Reeves there. And Bron says, well, you kind of broke the rules by bringing Keanu Reeves here. So give me one of your dogs. And this is reprehensible to Halle Berry for some reason, even though she knew she was breaking the rules, bringing John Wick there. And we have this long boring fight sequence that goes on for forever and keanu reeves is phenomenal in this movie but whenever we're watching someone else shoot a gun or do fighting it's so boring halle berry is no keanu reeves and watching her shoot guns and and wrestle with people was so boring and anticlimactic that i was like this scene needs to end everything from when angelica houston 
shows up till when Keanu Reeves gets to the desert. I was like, this whole thing could just go. I don't need this. I don't need this at all. This movie is basically a video game where every so often we get to a new level with a different boss. And I love that about it. And the style that the movie is shot in, it's very colorful. It's very action-packed, like a lot of long, no-cut sequences of choreographed fighting moves. And they're fantastic to watch. And there's this one sequence where, towards the end, where Keanu Reeves is fighting the two Japanese guys, and they're like, it's an honor to meet you, Mr. Wick. And they just keep letting him get up so that they can be a fair fight. And it's like this one long sequence where you can just tell that Keanu Reeves is tired. Not John Wick, but the actor portraying him is tired and he's slowing down Mm -hmm. and trying to remember the choreography. And you can tell like it's probably the 10th take of this. And this is the best one that they got. And I, I can't really fault them because it's like a three minute long sequence of just fighting. And you're like, okay, this is cool. But watching Keanu Reeves slow down really takes you out of the movie. Cause one, I don't want to live in a world where Keanu Reeves gets old. And two, <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where John wick struggles in a fight. And he does a lot in this movie. He like struggles a lot, jumping Back to when he's in the desert, I thought that that sequence with him walking around in that dark suit in the desert was stupid, but gorgeous. And then he finds like the head of the crime syndicate, the elder guy. Yeah. And he basically begs to please don't kill me because I want to live so that I can remember my wife, which is, you know, whatever. I feel like John Wick's not the kind of guy that would do that. But, you know, movie's got a movie. And so, like, he begs for forgiveness. And this guy says, well, you have to kill your friend Winston from the Continental. But before you do that, I want your ring finger. And Keanu Reeves is like, okay. And he chops off his finger. And now I have to look at this terrible CGI no finger Keanu Reeves forever now. It looks it looks bad in every sequence where he doesn't have a finger. You could tell he's just wearing one of those green sleeves on his finger, and then they edit it out later. Uh-huh. And it looks really bad. It's really distracting. And there's really no reason for it, because John Wick is the top assassin in this Assassin's Guild. Why would you handicap your number one guy like that? I mean, I get you want him to sacrifice something, but whatever. He gets back to the u.s and he's got to fight a bunch of people again and then he joins forces with that winston guy because he doesn't want to kill him because he's his friend and you know the movie just kind of wraps up a couple twists and turns here and there i won't ruin it for for everything but but overall this was a fun ass action movie i had a blast watching it that sequence when he's in that weird building that they have for some reason that's all made out of glass Uh and John Wick just keeps getting thrown into those glass cabinets. I thought that was the funniest thing. I was like, is he going to get thrown into every, every one single of them? One. Yeah. And every time he smashed into another one, I laughed harder. I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm, I am loving this. At one point, Lawrence Fishburne is killed. And all I could think is why is Lawrence Fishburne in this movie at all? He serves no point. He's done nothing at all in two movies now. And then, again, we're doing spoilers. He's not dead. He's just very badly hurt. And he shows up at the end after John Wick is supposedly killed. And he's like, I'm not dead. Neither are you. Um, 
I guess we're going to kill everybody. And you're like, oh, maybe Lawrence Fishburne will have something to do in the third movie, which is what I said at the end of the second movie or in the fourth movie. Right. So that was kind of a waste. But the whole movie exists as an excuse to get to the next fight sequence. And most of the fight sequences are spectacular. They're really well done. They're a lot of fun. They're super violent and it's very R-rated. And I liked it a lot. And if you haven't seen the John Wick series, that is a solid trilogy. I still think the first one is the best one. The third one is a close second, but you, really? you can't have. Yeah. Yeah. We disagree um, on that. Because you can't have the third movie without the first movie. I, th I think if you tried to watch the third movie without seeing the other ones, you'd be like, what is going on here? And you'd probably get yeah. it by the end of the movie. Like he's just this super guy, super killer guy. But like the first movie like is, is really grounded in its premise. And then, and then this movie is just a sequel to the second movie. Really? That doesn't take anything from it. Like I think John Wick one is, is a masterpiece and this one is, is a soft second to it. So that's still, I would consider high praise for it. Yeah. I, I, I agree with a lot of the things you said, except for that. I don't think the third one is, is nearly as good as the first one. And I definitely agree that like there's stuff in there that doesn't need to be in there and it makes the movie way too long. Like by the end, I'm like, John Wick's tired. And so am I. And most, most of the action's okay, but that last fight with him and the two guys that just keep letting him get up, I'm like, just kill him or don't, because yeah. I don't need him to get back up and keep fighting you guys longer. I'm, I'm getting bored with this fight. Um, yeah, I did I, like uh, the building that they're in up to that point where he's going in and like there's a young lady that he's fighting with uh, that he's like trying to catch up with, and he's kind of falling off one level and then the next and the next. But once he got to those two guys i was like yeah all right i'm kind of done yeah that whole building reminded me did you see skyfall no oh there's a scene in skyfall where bond is um like assassinating a guy and it's this gorgeous scene it's, everything's very dark except for this shiny floor that is reflecting the light from the building next door and there's like this large billboard and it's just a lot of beautiful colors. Everything is kind of in silhouette and it looks, it looks spectacular. And that's all I could think about watching this whole final sequence take place in this unnecessary glass building where they have all the crystal skulls from Indiana Jones four. Yeah. And I felt that that was a little distracting. I was like, why does this room exist at all? Like it doesn't fit in with one, the design of the hotel it exists in. Like I know it's like supposed to be a cool room that, you know, it's got a lot of glass stuff for John Wick to fall through. And that's really the point. But like in the world that this movie exists, why do we have this room or this this whole section of a of a building? And it's just kind of distracting more than anything where I think just a traditional room would have been just as fine. Also, I didn't like when he's fighting that last the the head Japanese guy. I didn't like how the head Japanese guy had him. Like the head Japanese guy was able to kill him at any moment at the beginning of that fight. He was just toying with John Wick. I, I get that John Wick's exhausted. He's beat up and stuff. But if you have him, you got to take him. Otherwise, this is just cheap at this point. We're all just waiting for John Wick to win. It's, it's his movie. We know he's going to be fine. But when the bad guy does that, it really takes you out of it. It's like in a Bond movie where the villain has a chance to kill James Bond. And in this movie, the Japanese guy hits him with the blunt side of the sword. And he's like, ha ha, I had you. 
And then John Wick eventually wins the fight. And at the end, John Wick is all cocky about it, where he's like, no, you won't catch up to me. And I'm like, John Wick, you were dead three times during this fight. He'd let you he let you go. And then you got the upper hand due to your considerable skill. But you were dead. He had you. Mm -hmm. And and his cockiness led to his own downfall. But there's no need for you to be cocky, John Wick. You just lost. You just lost, but you came out on top. And I thought that that was a little out of place, especially for, I guess, what's supposed to be the climax of the film. But I still liked it. I still liked it. (laughs) I got to say, like, I I think where I am with these movies at this point is I could watch the first one again. I don't ever need to see the second or third one again. I enjoyed them. They were all right. But that's about it. Yeah, I would watch this third one again. I don't really need to see the second one again. I I feel like most of that is, is pretty weak. But it's still pretty fun. Like if if I had if I was with someone who hadn't seen all three of them and we had nothing to do, I'd be like, we're gonna watch John Wick, the John Wick trilogy today, and and that would be a fun day. But like as far as fun action sequences, this movie had it down packed. I was thrilled watching it. I was like, this is fun. This is a fun movie. And then the fun stops for half an hour mm-hmm. before it starts back up, and it never really gets back to where it was, mm-hmm. which is disappointing. Oh my god, my wife just terrified me. <laughs> she just Welcome creeped up behind podcast, me. And... Jill. Say hi. Hi. Hello. Matt says hello. Matt says hello. Hello, Matt. Hello, <laughs> hi, listeners. Hi, Jill. Hello. On behalf the last of time listeners. Jill was on hi, the Jill. show, <laughs> last time Jill was on the show, we had our biggest episode uh, ever. So she totally boosted the ratings from this. Yeah, she came up behind me and touched my back and frightened me. Maybe we'll get millions <laughs> of listeners this time too, because Jill showed up. <laughs> also from Brazil. Thanks, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. We got we to gotta wrap things up sure do. on the big show this week. I've already placed my movies on the ranking list, and I'm going to put John Wick 3 into my number 15 spot underneath Arctic, the, wow. the good one with Mads Mikkelsen, and above Boyka, Undisputed, which is... Uh, uh, if I had to choose between John Wick 3 and Boyka Undisputed, I think I got to go with John Wick because I put it above it. But, man, I, I definitely want to watch Boyka again. <laughs> I'm going to give John Wick 3 four stars and a total recommend. And then I discussed Hellboy, and I put that down in the number 46 spot underneath Brotherhood of the Wolf but above glass and i'm going to give this movie two and a half stars but i will say i recommend it i would say check it out but go in with knowing what you're about to watch like (laughs) i I recommend it with caveats where don't feel like you need to pay attention to it (laughs) it's not good just have something to watch and be entertained with popcorn yes exactly is a good popcorn movie it's great so matt you watch two movies yourself yeah and i'm gonna put army of darkness down towards the bottom between signs and hellboy hell baby that's what i meant hell baby totally (laughs) it's a totally different it's a prequel uh, yeah And there's Uh, a a baby cub piglet man. (laughs) How many stars would you give Army of Darkness? Uh, One. One star. And I'm guessing that's a no. Yeah, I'm not recommending it to anyone. Yeah. And then you watched Dr. Sleep. Yeah, and that one's going really high. So we're going to put that up between Fellowship of the Ring and The Nice Guys. Wow. And the new number five spot. Yeah. Uh, And how many stars would you give Dr. Sleep? I'm going to give it four and a half stars. Wow. Four and a half. And I'm guessing that's a recommend from you. A hundred percent. Okay. And speaking of recommending things, Matt, is there anything Midwest Matt 
recommends this week? Not this week. I'm just going to recommend y'all get good sleep. <laughs> okay. Check us out at thisweekinfilm.com. Eventually it'll get updated, but you can find links to our letterbox page, which has our movie ranking lists on it. Uh, send us an email. Tell us what you saw this week in film at thisweekinfilmpodcast at gmail.com. But I guess if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. Judge movies, not people. <laughs> I have no follow-up this week. <laughs> <laughs>